This is the Hockey Podcast Network, your home for hockey talk on every team in the NHL. Hello, hello, and welcome to episode 66, or episode 66 for our French-Canadian friends of the Tip of the Iceberg podcast, brought to you by, as always, the Hockey Podcast Network, as well as Manscaped. Go to manscaped.com to get your lawnmower 3.0. Just going to throw that, but another shameless plug here. We have merch, Horwat, Mm -hmm. and it is at tipoftheiceberg.whatforapparel.com. Dot com sick merch both of us have way more than we should yep. but we have it it has been a long time mr horwat since we have sat down and recorded an episode of the tip of the iceberg so how have you been how was vacation and what's going on everything's been good vacation was hot we both went to florida and it was a steamy hot time the entire time um we got out just in time i would say considering the old COVID cases are on the rise like never before. Oh, yeah, running rampant down there. Although it's starting to uh, run rampant everywhere. As Allegheny County has reached a new daily record. So, yeah, things are not looking well. But it's young people being idiots, mostly. So we got that Young to people going to be young people. Yeah. <laughs> Youngin's going to youngin so, and, God damn it, just wear a mask, people. It ain't that hard. It's all it is. Honestly. all it takes. We do have a really good show for you guys today. Like I said, it is episode 66, so we are going to talk about our favorite Mario Lemieux moments here in just a second. A little bit later, we're also going to have a little discussion on the NHL hub cities, because it seems like they may be finalized. Who knows at this point? It could still change. And then we have some NHL draft lottery fallout. I know I mentioned it very briefly on last week's episode in that little cold open that I was doing, but... We're going to spend a little bit more time talking about that. But before we start anything, I did want to mention one thing. We did have an interview with Jay Fresh Mm -hmm. lined up for this episode because he is is a Penguins fan. Not just because of his Jack Johnson thing, but we did have an interview lined up. We were doing it, just had some bad connection, but we promise we will get him on because he is amazing. If you want to get a little jump on that interview, go follow him at JFreshHockey on Twitter. Great guy, has great data visualizations that you should check out. It really helps me understand hockey analytics. So you guys should check that out, especially if that's something that that you're interested in. So go check out J fresh hockey and hopefully we'll have him on either next week or the following week based on whenever we can reschedule that interview. But let us get started. Episode 66 favorite Mario Lemieux moment. I know we posted something on twitter about it and we got some pretty good responses here uh it's ignore the fact that hockey troll and brandon kaufman put something down about him getting hurt which, ah. shame also well one was a fight not necessarily him getting hurt but shame shame both of you we also got some good responses like from hockey in at a pittsburgh penguins page 
the last home goal before his first retirement in 97. That is a great memory. That's an, like, that's one that not a lot of people think of. Yeah, it's... I considered it one of the top ten Penguin goal, goals in Penguins history just for the sheer fact of the second he stepped on the ice for that shift, you can hear the crowd immediately knew, know it was going to happen. Mm-hmm. You may, I mean, it's hockey. You really don't know that when any time someone steps on the ice. I mean... These days, you see Crosby step on the ice. It's not like he's going to score every time he's out there. But there was something in that crowd, and I don't know what it was. It was perfect. The crowd just knew it was going to happen. It being against the Flyers, no less. Being a home game, the crowd into it, everything was just perfect. It was a twilight ending for what would have been his home career. They went on to have another game in Philly where they lost, lost out of the playoffs. But there was... Something about that goal that you felt it. You felt watching it. We don't remember seeing it live, but we still see it. We can see replays of it. We can hear replays of it. And it's still just probably one of the best moments of his career. Among that, we had Shane Ryan, our our counterpart here on the Hockey Podcast Network, posting the gif of Lemieux coming out of the penalty box and going after a ref. Honestly, that that is a hilarious gif, and I, I didn't even know that was a thing. We also have State of Hoppy, who will probably be making an appearance here in a couple weeks on our listener episode. He said his pool party in 2009, which, yes, yes, Mr. Hoppy, yes, at State of Hoppy on Twitter. Give him a follow. He's great. That is a very good memory that I personally would not have thought of, so thank you for that. Kayla Belovich, my girlfriend, (laughs) put New Year's Eve, five goals, five different ways in 1988, a classic Mario Lemieux moment. And then we had another one from at... Average goalie 33, his name is John Hill on here. He he put out a little personal one that nobody but him would have, which is great. He said he was a kid, went to practice with his dad and Mario and his son Austin, came out and being a kid, made sure to give Mario his space, especially with Austin. He then signed my jersey and thanked me for coming to practice. That's that's picture perfect Mario Lemieux right there. That's the philanthropist. Mm-hmm. That is the great guy. That's the guy that I shook hands with at the end of the Mario Lemieux 6.6K. I think it was last year or year before that. But, again, just great moments, and thank you for everybody that submitted those. And now let's get to ours. Horwood, I'll let you lead it off. What is your favorite Mario Lemieux moment? I know we didn't really get to see much of it live because, you know, being an infant and all of yeah. that. But what is your favorite Mario Lemieux moment to look back on? I mean, I'm going to separate mine into like moments that we definitely didn't see live and then ones that we that we were able to, at least I was able to, which was when, oh, I can't remember when it was, whenever he announced that the team would be staying in Pittsburgh for the second time, mm-hmm. I think we were in maybe fifth grade. The game yeah, where I think he, it was something like that. Yeah, the game where he comes out before the game just says real quick, a couple quick notes of saying, you know, we're getting a new arena. The Penguins are staying. Um, it was before we moved to Can- before we could have moved to Kansas City. That's what it was. It was that. It was almost that time leaving. Mm-hmm. I was at lucky enough to be at that game where he said, "You know, we're gonna have a new stadium, a new arena. Um, the team is here to stay where they belong." And the term "where they belong" is one that will probably stick around forever. Um, another one that's fun actually is before puck drop in the first game of. Console Energy Center when he skated out in a suit <laughs> to uh, pour out the little vial of water from Mellon Arena. Um, just cool little moments he's done that I've seen. I've It's hard to say. I've, I've seen him play, but I don't remember a lot of it. But it's those little moments yeah. of him being the perfect owner for this team that you know stick around in my mind forever. 
Yeah, you hit the nail on the head there. I mean, for memory, for us, it, it, it does suck because we didn't get to watch him in his prime. We really didn't get to watch much of him at all. Yeah. But we did see a little bit of his career live and in, well, in person. I think I've seen, I saw him once before he retired, but I, again, very young. Don't remember mm-hmm. much. But as an owner, there are those moments that we've seen and it's amazing. I kind of harkened back into his career, which, yes, I was not alive for. But if I think of the top Mario Lemieux moment, there's so many to pick from. I mean, there was somebody at the Athletic. I can't think of who it was. Was it Gentili? Who did that the top did the moments top, ever? It was Yoey, I think. Top 66. I think, okay. It was one of them. I apologize. I, I It was so long ago that I read them. There's banging out so much content, I get lost in the shuffle. But he did the top 66 moments, and they all seemed worthy. That's how many moments Mario Lemieux created. But to me, the top one happened on March 2nd of 1993. He finished his 22nd radiation treatment for Hodgkin's lymphoma in Pittsburgh that morning. Then he flies to Philly, of all places to do this. He goes to Philly, comes out, is ready to play the game. I don't even know if he was ready to play the game, but he wanted to play in that game. And he did. Starts... In the warm-up, he gets a standing ovation from the Philadelphia Flyers crowd. In the 1990s, he gets a standing O from the Philly crowd, which is already insane to think of, especially being a Pittsburgh Penguin, especially being that Pittsburgh Penguin. Being Mario Lemieux and getting that standing O was amazing. And then following it up, only way he knows how. Notches a goal, notches an assist. The only thing that would have made it better is if they would have won the game. Mm -hmm. They ended up dropping that game 5-4, to but to me... That's the moment that stands out. There's so many that stand out. But to me, that is my favorite moment of his entire career, whether that's as an owner, as a player, what have you. I think that moment right there, because it's it's more than sports. It's more than hockey in Pittsburgh. It's it's everything. And I, I think that that's why that sticks with me is my favorite moment. I mentioned the moments that I'd seen. That's a great moment, too. It's always one that people always discuss and talk about. And it's one that will be talked about forever because he is someone who got the Philadelphia Flyer crowd to acknowledge something that isn't being a Flyer crowd. It's It was good to see that there were humans at that game, basically. <laughs> that some things are bigger than hockey. I don't mean to trash on Philadelphia too much, but it was only Mario. That's something that only Mario could do. He was able to finish up his radiation treatment the same day, go play a game across state. Um, for the rival team and you know they knew that they acknowledged it the way they should did it with class and I'm sure they got what they wanted they won the damn game and that's all that matters to them right (laughs) that was the picture perfect night for them yeah we look good and we won the game this is great yes not like whenever they're (laughs) losing and deciding to throw things but hey that's neither here nor there Um, I can pick up on one more moment that you know I mentioned his what could have been his last goal at Mellon Arena Oh, I just had it. What was it? <laughs> I'm off my. While you're, th- <laughs> <sighs> While you're thinking of it, I'll throw out my other one. And like I said earlier, there's so many moments, but game one of the 1992 Stanley Cup final against the Blackhawks in Mellon Arena. Yager had just tied the game in the waning minutes of the third period with that amazing goal that is remembered forever, deacon through three Blackhawks. But following that up was Mario Lemieux. Probably not the hardest goal or the flashiest goal of his career, but the reaction of the crowd and the just pandemonium. And you look back on it and you see 
how Mike Lang reacted and, and how Paul Steigerwald was talking about him, how the headset was falling off. Just a, hey, yep. shirts and scars. We let off this episode with that clip. So, yes, to me, one of the premier moments of Mario Lemieux. Yeah, and that was, you know, in a series that won, I have a little mini Stanley Cup on my desk that is from the 1992 Stanley Cup champion year. So I have that um, mm-hmm. little connection. But um, the moment I was coming up with was his return game. I don't know how I could forget it. It's another one of those moments that will always be talked about. <laughs> I mean, Mary mm-hmm. Lemieux has had a career of moments that will be discussed in hockey lore forever. I mean, coming back from cancer to, in Philly, coming back from retirement, you know, years after against the Maple Leafs and the retired number coming out of the rafters. It's something you don't see very often. It was a very emotional night, nonetheless, for him to get a point a minute into the game and, you know, score later on and show that he hasn't missed a beat. It's He's one of the top one to two players of all time, and there's arguments to be made about it, yes, but... As a homer, I'm saying he's top one or two, maybe even one. That's all there is to it. I also have this little this little tiny teddy bear that's a Mario Lemieux teddy bear <laughs> that I can show Berlansky right now in this video chat. But um, this little we guy... Might, we might switch to video at some point. Who knows? <laughs> yeah, this little guy sits on my desk too right next to that Stanley Cup, and I've just had this little guy forever. But something that Lemieux is always around in some way, I guess, in this town. Yeah, I just got my the jersey that's on that little teddy bear. I just got mine. Nice one, yeah. So, exactly. And you mentioned top one or two. That is always debatable. And yes, Wayne Gretzky had the most. I don't know. He he had one of the top careers. He had the top goal scoring and the top, the most production of any NHL player in his career. Mm-hmm. But I don't think there's an argument that Mario Lemieux has the most storied career in NHL history, and that's just. That, that's just a plain fact. Yeah, me. I mean... And you know what? If you want to go best player, I'm going to go Lemieux too, but that's an argument for a different day. I mean, if you think <laughs> about it, like, Gretzky, you're, his his career moments are him breaking all these records. Like, you think back at Gretzky's career, you're like, okay, well, he had 50 goals in 39 games, the 92-goal season, the, the this, that, the other thing. You know, breaking Gordie Howe's records. Mm-hmm. When you think of Lemieux's career it's well he did this because he had cancer then he did this then he returned then he he bought the team but then he retired you know bought the team came back was an owner player drafted another generational talent for his team was the reason why they were able to get yager like it's more than just stats with lemieux it's the stories that came with it i mean i couldn't tell you a wayne gretzky story if i tried i mean i'm sure there are yeah, I'm sure it might be a little Pittsburgh bias in there. I'm sure yeah. there's a lot of Gretzky stories. I mean, you look at his last game at his MSG last game with is the Rangers, one. stuff like that. But yeah, it. But also you, the Penguins. They played against the Penguins that game. Like it's there's always yeah, that connection. They played against the Penguins and Yager. So I mean, you think about it, and it's simply those two are the best. Yeah, and it's hard to argue the fact. Gordy Howe, yes, he's in that he's conversation as top five. Sidney Crosby, yeah, he's in the top five conversation. <laughs> and there's there's other conversations to be had, but Mario Lemieux, when you think about stories, Lemieux stacking up against Gretzky, Lemieux has way more prominent stories, and, and it's not a competition. It, it really isn't a competition. And when it comes to that, it's just it's hard to think back, like you said, to Gretzky stories. They're not as universally known yeah. 
as a lot of Mario Lemieux stories. But I think that that's all I have on it. I know we devoted a lot of time to it, but it is episode Cease Won't Cease. Mm-hmm. It is episode 66, so we had to get into it. Do you have anything else on the Mario Lemieux front before we move on to some news and notes from around the NHL? No, I got nothing else other than, you know, it's he's always around in some way, shape, or form in this town. Always will be. That is a matter of fact for sure. But one thing that won't be around in the city of Pittsburgh is the NHL hub. It, it would not be Pittsburgh. We knew that a couple weeks ago. And earlier this week, it seems as if the NHL has decided upon their two hub cities. But again, moving target. No matter what happens, it, it's up to COVID. So if these cities get COVID, we can see what happened with Vegas. Vegas was a shoe-in. Yeah. And now it's not Vegas. Now they're doing... Two Canadian cities, Edmonton and Toronto. Both of us on this show said, yes, you should have it in the same country. But we said that you should have both in the United States. And now, boy, do I feel stupid for that, looking at the way the United States has kind of handled the COVID situation as time has gone on. So, yes, it should be in the same country. And, yes, at this point, they should both be in Canada. Edmonton and Toronto, to me, really, really good pending any crazy spikes in those areas. So what did you think about that decision? Uh, at first glance, I was like, well, that's just the NHL being, you know, Canadian bias towards Canada. I mean, <sighs> but that was my first gut reaction. I realized, I like, wait a minute, America. COVID. Yeah, then I was, like, <laughs> I was like, let's remember why we're doing this. Let's remember why this conversation is even happening in my head. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> yeah, there's a virus. People suck and don't know what to do. And it's spreading again. <laughs> yeah. I mean... Yeah, things are getting worse in Allegheny County, but I mean, I kind of fi- I think I think we all kind of knew from the beginning Pittsburgh wasn't going to get it. I mean, it's a great fit and it's a great pick, but you got to make the right choices here and you know, doing Toronto and Edmonton makes sense. I'm sure the mouth breathers of the world that will say what I thought <laughs> will go on to well, that's the Canadian bias for Edmonton. Like, they're giving Edmonton everything they want. They're giving Toronto everything they want. Well, they're smart areas, apparently. I mean, mm-hmm. Edmonton's got a hell of a facility to play in. And probably old ones still around that are still available to use. I mean, there's plenty of stuff there. And Toronto is Toronto. I'm not mm-hmm. shocked they got it, to be honest. But... <laughs> You know, it's yeah. where it should be. It's also it is hockey. It is their sport. Let's I you know put my yinzer away real quick and realize it's it's probably the right move overall. Yeah, fair enough, fair enough. And you also have to imagine that the NHL and the big thing about the NHL right now coming back is money. And when you talk about money in that stance, there's no fans, so the money's all coming through television broadcasts. Yeah, and wow. Two massive Canadian markets. Toronto, which is very well photographed and very well videotaped by NBC when they go up there. And Edmonton, with a state-of-the-art new arena. Well, newish arena, I guess it is. Makes a lot more sense than Pittsburgh. As much as I like Pittsburgh and how picturesque it is, it's not as big as Toronto. It does not offer as many videoing and b-roll opportunities as toronto you get the hockey hall of fame there so you got as much b-roll as you want through the hockey hall of fame so it makes sense on that standpoint and it makes sense on a business level for the nhl and boy oh boy 
does something else make sense from a business level for the NHL that happened last week? Again, I mentioned it in the last episode, but we're going to talk about it after this quick break, and that is the NHL draft lottery. I'm sure you have plenty of opinions on it that you have yet to be able to say on recording, so I'm excited to hear those. You haven't even told me about them, so I'm like chomping at the bit to hear them. But before we do that, let's hear a word from our sponsor at Manscaped. We'll be right back. This episode of the Tip of the Iceberg is brought to you by Manscaped, the best in men's below-the-belt grooming, offering precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. Got a crazy bush? I may not be a contractor, but even I know that if you trim your hedges, your tree stands taller. This is why Manscaped has redesigned the electric trimmer. Millions of balls are about to be nick-free thanks to Manscaped's new and improved Lawnmower 3.0, featuring advanced skin-safe technology to keep your soldier polished and cut free. If you're like me and like to handle this kind of business in the shower, the Lawnmower 3.0 is waterproof and features an LED light, so even guys as blind as I am can see what they're doing. If you are listening to me, you are one of the first people to hear about this life-changing product, and you too can experience it firsthand. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code THPN at manscaped.com. Again, that's code THPN for 20% off and free shipping at manscaped.com. Trust me, your balls will thank you. You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network on Twitter at HockeyPodNet. New episodes every Monday and Thursday. Download at thehockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from. Welcome back to the Tip of the Iceberg, episode 66, or Cease. I'm going to run that into Mm -hmm. the ground today, but we have talked a lot about Mario Lemieux, and we talked about the NHL hub cities, but now we're going to talk about the NHL draft lottery just a little bit more, and then we'll let it go until the end of the play-in rounds whenever all hell breaks loose. So, Horwat, what was your initial reaction when you saw the results of the NHL phase one yep. draft lottery, because there will be a phase two. What did you think? Whenever the drawing happened, I was on a plane home from, from Florida. I landed, turned my phone back, turned airplane mode off. The first notification I got back was that a team in the playoffs or in the play-in round won the first overall pick. And I wanted to throw my phone clear across this plane <laughs> because <laughs> I... It pissed me off immediately, and I got text after text from people asking, well, who should it be? Who could it be? Why is this happening? The NHL dropped the ball is my first answer. No. I get, Come on. I get that it's lottery, and there's nothing really anyone can do about it, but there's going to be a second TV viewing for it now whenever all these teams yep. that lost are in it. So now you mm-hmm. see where it's all coming from. Am I surprised? No, not at all. Not one bit. <laughs> I should be, but I'm not. I'm more shocked. Actually, I will say this. I'm more shocked that Detroit wasn't in the top three at all. I could go on for a little bit about this, but completely did the NHL drop the ball, even if it was a lottery, even if it was natural, and that's how it happened. It sucks that you know these teams that could use the help of what is supposed to be a generational, some sort of really great talent, isn't going to be on their team. That hurts them a lot. It's gonna they're gonna go to one of so some very, fairly good teams. I'm trying to think of who's up there. It's Pittsburgh, Montreal, the Islanders, possibly like or not the Islanders, 
Well, yeah, the Islanders could get it theoretically. I mean, there's a they're not there's the 16 four, teams right. that yeah. could still get them. They're still like we've narrowed it down from 31 to 16. It's insane, and it, you mentioned it perfectly. Oh, there's going to be a phase two, so there's going to be another show about mm-hmm. it, which means more money for television, more eyes on that, more eyes on the qualifying round. Yeah, because one of those teams are going to get Alexi Lafreniere. Now, listen, we talked about it before. We talked about a couple things before. We talked about the draft lottery, and which. I think both of us concurred that it's the NHL and they wouldn't put all these rules and stipulations out if it could just be like, well, this could happen. We won't need a phase two. We knew we were going to need a phase two. We knew one of the top three picks, but the fact that it's the number one pick. Yeah. And I've said what the NHL shut down on March 12th. And I've said since then, what is the one thing I want to see? Chaos. Well, you're getting it. Absolute and utter chaos. And I am, I'm loving it. Right now, last week, I was a little upset. I'm still a little upset because I'm like, mm, why'd you have to do it? Could have been so much easier. But obviously, there's reasons you, we mentioned already. Eyes on the phase two draft lottery. Eyes on the qualifying round. We're talking about it. Everybody's talking about it. And everybody's going to be talking about it till the qualifying round ends. So they have media and a news cycle for the next month. Yeah. So from a business standpoint... I applaud the NHL from a topical standpoint. I applaud the NHL from thinking about it and thinking about how the Red Wings got completely and utterly screwed. Oh, yeah. I do not applaud the NHL. And from from the standpoint of the fact that people are still texting me saying the Penguins should bomb to get Lafreniere, no. I do not applaud it because I'm getting sick and tired of it. So stop. if you're one of those people, stop sending me those messages. I don't want them. Don't even joke about it. We shouldn't be doing that. It's like, I don't want it. Even if we lose, I don't want it. I'm saying that now. Even if we lose, I don't want that pick. Just, I don't because. You just don't want to deal with hockey troll chewing out our asses. Well, that's one. But two, I mean, we don't need it the way I see it. I mean, okay, yeah, getting the pick would be fun. It'll be annoying to hear from for a while. But, I mean, we have the talent that we don't need them. It's... Uh. I mean, Detroit should have had it. Ottawa had two opportunities at it. I'm glad they didn't get it, honestly. I thought it would have been hysterical to see them not get any of the top three. To be honest, of those seven teams that didn't make the playoffs, I wanted to, if it wasn't Detroit, because I did want to see Detroit get them. If it wasn't one of those teams, I wanted Buffalo to get them. I wanted to see Eichel and Lafreniere. Yeah, That would have been interesting. Until they're both requesting trades. I mean, that would be, what, 2021? So, But L.A. getting a second pick is fun. I mean, they were my shoot, like, not my shoot, but, like, my long shot at getting the first overall pick because they were a bad team and were in that talk. But when it comes down to it now, seeing looking at some of these teams that have the chance to take the first overall pick, and, you know, the first overall pick is always an enigma. He, you know, Lafreniere could just completely soil the bed and call yeah. it a day. We don't know. We we don't, and draft picks are like funny money. You never know what you're going to get until a couple of years down the road. And and you look at Lafreniere, and yes, he's being touted as this major superstar a la Austin Matthews, a la Connor McDavid, a la Sidney Crosby. The comparisons are there because of where he played. 
you don't really have that kind of Nico Hishier vibe or, or even Jack Hughes or Rasmus Dahlin. All three of those players, I believe, are going to be great NHL players. But the hype around Lafreniere kind of seems to be putting him in a tier of his own. And that's what's going to be interesting. You mentioned the Kings at number two. They're going to either get Stutzla or Byfield. That's going to be a great pick for them. Yeah. Whoever they choose, right? I've heard people say Byfield's the choice. I've heard people say Stutzla's the pick. It's going to be a good player, and it's going to help the fact that they already have an amazing prospect pool. And you being partially a Kings fan, I'm sure, is ecstatic to see it. We talked about it a little bit over text. Mm -hmm. But looking at the teams that still have a shot for Lafreniere, <laughs> the 16 teams, who are your favorite destinations and who are your least favorite destinations? Okay, my least favorite is Edmonton. I'm going to say that right now. <laughs> you don't want to uh, see you know what more mayhem david and lafreniere and dry settle there'd be so much more mayhem hockey twitter would be blowing up at the seams i mean it would be the same thing if you went to toronto that too i'm just trying to look through so, teams i mean who i think also got screwed other than the detroit red wings yeah if this was a normal year do you know who that pick would have went to you know who team e would have been the Winnipeg Jets. Oh, I didn't even... They have to be looking at this and being like, we would have just had a transcendent player if this would have been normal. Yeah, I didn't... We would have literally jumped to the number one pick to get this great player, and he would have been going to Winnipeg. And now they're probably like, well, we could either win because we do have a Vezina goaltender, or we could lose and then have to get put into a lottery for a pick that we technically already won. Yeah, I didn't think that far into it. Winnipeg's a fun one. Um... <laughs> But without like looking into and predicting who I think will win or lose playoff rounds, I definitely just don't want Edmonton or Toronto to get it for sheer fact of hockey Twitter being what it is. Mm -hmm. um, but fun teams that I think would be interesting for the number one overall pick. Hear me out on this, the Calgary If Flames. you say Chicago, I will shit. I'm not saying Chicago. Thank God. I'm starting with Calgary, and then I'm going to go to... Okay. Uh, the Hurricanes would be fun, but they're fine, too. I'm going to go with Calgary and the Florida Panthers. I don't want him to go play with Florida. No, but Barkov, man. I don't want him to go play in front of, like, a thousand people. No, but they could use that kind of talent. They they could. They could use some sort of little juice. But, I mean, hey, if this COVID thing continues on for a little while, he's mm -hmm. not going to be playing in front of people until maybe his second year anyway. <laughs> So oh, that's fair. Well, if he goes to Florida, he won't be playing in front of any people until like the third until he never. requests his trade out. Yeah. Until, until he gets traded. Yeah. I'm going to stick with Florida because they're a team that could use that kind of jump and get a fan base. They're a team that has skill in it. You just got to dig it out. You need Bavrovsky to be the goalie. He's supposed to be. Mm -hmm. And Barkov needs a spotlight and he could use a little running mate with him and maybe even you know, not be the one in the spotlight with this new kid. You never know. They have talent down there. They just need a fan base and some sort of support and some some sort of love and support. That's all they re that team really needs. It would be nice to see Florida get that kind of attention that a number one overall pick, especially one of the stature of Alexi Lafreniere, would bring to them because he brings jersey sales, he brings in fans. So it'd be interesting to see what happened with that. It would be... It, Let's see if it brings in fans finally. If not, maybe we start thinking about moving them to, like, Quebec or something like yeah. that. But apart from them, 
you mentioned it. Chicago, no. Toronto, no. Edmonton, oh god, no. God no. I also enter in to evidence the New York Islanders and say, please don't. Uh, yeah, no. There's please a lot of don't go to the Islanders. There's a lot of teams I'm saying no to. Also, that I'm yeah. saying no to them because they're, they're playoff teams already. That's that's fair, but I mean, most of the teams yeah. are playoff teams that are, or at least close to playoff teams that are. They'll get them. I heard Minnesota. That wouldn't be awful, but to me, my favorite landing spots from and there's three. I want your reaction to each one of them as I say mm-hmm. them. Vancouver. That'd be fun. They have a lot of fun. They're already a young, fun team. Yeah. So adding him to their top line would just be ridiculous. Like him and Pedersen and Besser and JT Miller, all on the same team, would be stout. Mm-hmm. That'd be a fun one. The New York Rangers. <laughs> I was thinking them, but... That would really help along their, you know, quote-unquote rebuild that took two months. I was thinking them, but uh, they... I think they got their talent. I think they're pretty locked in for a little while. Oh, yeah, they're pretty fairly well set, and they're really far along in their rebuild, and and I think it's going to only help whatever pick they get in this first round this year. But, I mean, getting Lafreniere and having him, Zabenejad, Panarin, that's just fun. That's, That's just a lot of fun. And then there's the one that is predominantly being talked about, and that's the Montreal Canadiens. Boo, hiss. His. Well, I mean, that was his childhood team. Yeah. That was his mom's team when he was growing up. He was supposed to be the number one overall pick in the NHL draft in 2020 on a stage at the Bell Center where the draft was being held. There's a lot of story that goes on to it. He's French-Canadian. Montreal finally gets their French-Canadian superstar that they were looking for. It's a story that would be good. And it's... I said it last week. I'll say it again. You need the original six teams to succeed in this league. That will go a long way into helping the Montreal Canadiens, who are the last... Oh, that's Canadian. Never mind. (laughs) They're the last Canadian team to win a Stanley Cup in 1993. But you need help up there. You need somebody. They're they're getting there. And they're playing stout defense and, and, and yada, yada, yada. They're great, but they need a superstar. Didn't work with Pacioretty. Didn't work with Galchenyuk. Let's see if it works with Lafreniere. If they so end up with that, I'm sure the Pittsburgh Penguins would love to help them out and give them a nice swift three-game exit in the play-in round to let them get their 12.5% chance at laugh. But those are the teams that I think I would like to see him go to. Okay. I'm not against it all. I mean, Montreal would just be... That's probably the most likely, I feel like. Mm-hmm. It would have to. Uh, I know Chicago's down there, but I mean... Chicago could very easily win that series. They could win that series, though, yeah. I don't want to say easily, but they could very well win that series. I think... I don't know. It's going to be interesting. And this is exactly what the NHL wants. And and part of me is like, um, falling into Gary Bettman's trap. But part of me is like, I can't help it. It's interesting. It's intriguing. And... Realistically, he's going to go to Columbus, and we're all going to hate ourselves. Oh. <laughs> well, I think I'd rather, right over there? I think I'd rather take the hate from the league and have him come to Pittsburgh than I would him go to Columbus. Listen, the last thing I want to do is see Pittsburgh lose to the Montreal Canadiens. Yeah. If it happens, and if we so happen to get the number one overall pick, 
I'm not going to complain. Because you mentioned, yes, we have a good top six. I like our top six uh -huh. right now. But I wouldn't mind adding Alexi Lafreniere to the first line. So it's just Gensel, Crosby, Laugh. Was... That's only fun. That's, that, that, like I said, funny money. Like everything else is right now in the, <laughs> during COVID-19 times. Right. Uh, well, it's all up in the air. It's all it's all messed up, man. <laughs> um. <laughs> Yeah, I got nothing else on it. I'm so my brain is falling Your brain apart is fried. at the seams. I've been going to bed yeah. at like ten o'clock every day recently. Uh -huh. I don't know if you think that's late or early. It's early for me. Okay, I was gonna say, uh, what? Yeah. Usually, you know, especially in a journalism career, you're used to staying up to like one or two in the morning. Yeah, especially in this pandemic. But I mean, hey, that with all that, this this first overall pick thing is gonna be interesting and. Either way, hockey Twitter is going to blow up because it already did. Either way, NHL is going to get their money, which is, I guess, what they have to do. That's fine. Do you? You do you. Just don't mm -hmm. be completely stupid about it. And God help us if it's Edmonton. <laughs> uh, if it's Edmonton, I can't wait for that show where we're talking about Edmonton getting the first overall pick. I'll be again. sure to not be dead tired for that one. There you go. Well... That is probably going to do it for this one. It was nice talking to you. Yeah. It was nice recording with you. First time in, what, two and a half or three weeks that weeks. we've actually sat down and yeah. recorded. Yeah, it's been a so while. So it's nice to sit down and talk to you. I hope everybody had a good 4th of July weekend as this is coming out on the 6th of July. So hopefully everybody had a good 4th weekend. Hope you all stayed safe. <laughs> yeah, hopefully everybody stayed safe. That as well. Very important. We are also still looking for some listeners to let us know if they want to come onto the show and talk about the Montreal Canadiens versus Pittsburgh Penguins play-in round series. We're going to have an episode featuring all of those interviews with our loyal listeners sometime in July. The The schedule might be a little, little mixed and mangled now because of our plans kind of getting changed up, but we'll figure it out. We'll try to get that episode in before the start of that series. Like I mentioned at the beginning of the show, we are going to have an interview with Jay Fresh coming up here hopefully next week we'll try it again and see if that works i apologize to him again and i apologize to all of you because it is going to be a good interview whenever we get it and whenever it drops so look forward to that if you want to follow him follow him at jfreshhockey but that is going to be it for episode 66 one more time episode Cisois. my french is probably awful so i, I <laughs> apologize already uh, but you can follow us on Twitter at Nick Horwatt 41 and at Nick underscore Berlansky. You can also follow the show's Twitter handle at Iceberg Podcast. This podcast can be found anywhere you get your podcast from. So please subscribe to us, rate us, leave a review on Apple Podcasts, on Spotify if you can. I'm not even sure if you can rate a podcast on Spotify, but wherever you listen to the show, give us those five stars. We love it. If you don't want to give us five stars, don't worry. You don't have to rate us. But <laughs> that is it for this episode. We are always brought to you by the Hockey Podcast Network. Go visit those guys over at HockeyPodNet on Twitter or visit them at thehockeypodcastnetwork.com. Every team, everywhere, have a good week, Pens fans. <laughs>